0: Matthew chapter number 17 in the Word of God this morning. I do thank you. I do thank the good folk coming all the way from West Virginia to see me this morning. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter number 17. In the Word of God, I'll try my best with God being my helper to preach to you this morning what He's laid upon our heart. If you have your place, let's stand in reverence to the reading of God's Word. Prayer for the message today. Matthew chapter 17 and verse number 1. You ought to know the story. It's a familiar story about the transfiguration. The Bible says, and after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart. Remember, this is just a few days from when Peter had denied Christ. And was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking, with him. Hmm. Verse one and two, you see the vision, but there in verse three, you see some visitors. You got them from the New Testament there. You got Peter, James, and John. But then in verse three, you got some from the old. How about that? And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias, or Elijah, if you will, talking with them. But listen to this foolish voice in verse number four. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If Thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for Thee and one for Moses and one for Elias. But listen to the Father's voice in verse number 5. He says, While He yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. So you hear a foolish voice of old Peter there in verse number 4. The Father's voice in verse number 5. But 6 through 8 you hear a familiar voice. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were so afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus alone. I want to go this direction a little while this morning with God being my helper. I can't do nothing without Him. But in verse number 7, Jesus came and touched them. I want to preach this thought just for a little while. One little touch. One little touch is all it takes. (laughs) One little touch. Father in heaven, God in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank You tonight, today, dear God, for Your many blessings that You've bestowed upon us. Father, I pray that You would use these lips for Your glory. I pray, dear God, that You would just give me the wisdom to preach Your Word. Lord, anoint me with the Holy Ghost from the top of the head to the soles of my feet to where I may preach Your Word. God, I pray that You would loose the chains uh, around, the, uh, dear God, the ones that are bound this morning, God, and let them go, dear God. Loose this tongue, dear God, and let it go. I pray that You would help me to be obedient to my calling uh, and preach the Word of God this morning. Uh, And I sure will thank you for each and everything that you do. Uh, And God, if there be one here needing that little touch today, uh, oh God, little is much when you're in it. And God, there's a great touch when you just touch uh, uh, the smallest of broken hearts today. God, I pray you would be with us. Speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Uh, Amen and amen. Thank you so much. And you may be seated today. Uh, God guides us this morning through the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. I believe with all of my heart that that's what we ought to be here to do this morning Uh, uh, inside the service. I don't have a particular program or particular thing that needs to be done. I have something on my heart I'd like to share with you from the Lord. Uh, But if God would have changed it and took over during the singing uh, and just kept rolling with it, then we'd have just rolled with it being obedient unto God. Many people today are not obedient unto God. And we need to not only fear Him as the Scripture tells us, uh, But we need to be obedient from the smallest voice that comes to us. And we need to listen to what He says and be obedient under that calling in our lives. Folks, He guides us through the Holy Spirit. He comes and touches us on the shoulder at times and says, Son, I want you to go this way. I want you to go that way. I need you to do this and I need you to do that. But the thing we've got to do today is this. We've got to be obedient unto the touch of God. We've got to be obedient unto the call of God. I will never never, ever forget January 3 of 1993 as the Holy Ghost of God came down and manifested itself upon me and told me, said boy you better get saved or this might be your last chance and it might be your last opportunity and it was almost like God poked me on the shoulder just a little bit with a little bit of a touch and it was it was the touch of the Holy Ghost of God As He touched me and said you need to be saved I can straighten things out in your life I can make you new again And that's exactly what happened He touched me on the shoulder that day Convicted me of a sinner I went down to an altar of prayer And I began pleading with God Saying God forgive me and be merciful a sinner And He came into my heart Write my name in the Lamb's book of life And I thank God that He saved me Amen And I hope and pray that you've had that time Touch of God in your life. I got that touch again many years ago when He called me to preach. And I get that touch every once in a while. Thank God when He comes by and just breathes on me and says, I need you to preach this. I need you to go see this one. I need you to witness to that one. I need you to preach this. And I thank God that we serve a God that we can communicate with today. Amen. There is the touch of salvation. You see, God sees you and God loves you and He wants to see you saved today. He touches you and says, He that believeth on the Son hath life, but he that believeth not shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. I thank God for the touch of salvation. Many a people today think that they're too far gone to be saved. I'm here to tell you God can change anybody. God can save anybody. It's more than just turning over a new leaf. It's a total a, a total reformation of your life, if you will, as God removes all the old and begins to make everything new. Folks, I'm glad that I had a touch of salvation, but I'm glad even more that I've got a touch of service. Amen. When He touches your heart and tells you to teach a Sunday school class, when He touches your heart and says to give to the Lord, when He touches you and gives you that direction of service in your life. My friend, I'm glad God touched people around here and says, hey, keep the church house clean. And they faithfully come week in and week out and vacuum the floors and sweep them up. And my friend, that's what service is all about. When God speaks to our heart and puts us in one direction or the other. But for us to hear that voice and receive that touch of service, you have to first have the touch of salvation and allow the Lord to speak into your heart and allow I'm the Savior you when you're lost and undone. And you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. It is a personal relationship with Him. Amen. I've had many people, everybody that you see today, brother, they say they're saved. They say they're saved. You can ask them, hey, are you you're a Christian? Yes. And then you'll say, let me re- reword that. Are you born again? They'll say, what's that? They ain't a bit more saved than the dog outside. Amen. I'm here to tell you, people today are so confused about a simple message of salvation, about a simple message of service unto the Lord. Uh, they get confused. They think you got to do this, you got to do that. Folks, all you got to do is believe and repent and ask the Lord Jesus into your heart. It's plain and simple. Amen. I was talking to one lady one day down at the Denny's restaurant uh, we had a crowd of preachers around the uh, the table, and I asked her, "Is she a Christian?" Oh yes, I said, "Well, where do you go to church?" And she told me where she goes to church, but you could tell she just wasn 't sure, and I said, "Well, let me ask you this, are you born again yeah. And she looked at me and she says i 'm sorry i don 't understand what you mean." I looked at her, I said, I'm not trying to uh, judge you, and I'm not trying to uh, judge the church that you attend. But my friend, if you tell me that you're a Christian, and you don't know what being born again is all about, uh, you need to go back to the well. Uh, You need to go back to the well of living water. You need to go back to a place, uh, my friend, The word Jesus Christ uh, uh, can speak to your heart, uh, and that you'll have uh, an experience with Christ. Not just an experience, uh, but a relationship uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord would move into your heart and convict you of your sins. Uh, Thank God I believe in a touch of salvation. This world would be different if we had a touch of salvation. And we've got the touch. And God's touching people. But they're rejecting Him day in and day out. Uh, And even the children of God, they've been touched for service. But yet they also are rejecting it. Uh, They don't want to hear uh, the touch of service or be obedient unto the touch of service. Uh, But here's another one I'm thinking of today. Uh, uh, we 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 can see the touch of separation. Yeah. amen. The Bible plainly tells you and I to come out from among them and be ye separate. I'm not to lay around with the sinful people. I've got to be in this world, but thank God I'm not have to be of this world. Amen. We need to understand and know today, my friend, that we're a called out, a separated people. The Bible tells us over in 2 Corinthians 6.14, uh, I believe it is, He says, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Amen. Now listen, that doesn't mean we don't go and witness to those people that are lost. But it means you don't go and shack up with them. Amen. It means that you don't go and, and partake of the sin that they partake in. There's a huge mega church here in Spartanburg County that basically released this on their website a couple of weeks ago. They said the best way to win someone to Christ is to go get them and take them to the local bar and have a beer with them. I'm here to tell you now. You listen to that, you listen to that rat, you're gonna die and go to hell today. It's plain and simple as can be. I could not believe it. Put it on the world wide web. And you know, if it's on the internet, it must be true. Right? It must be true if it's on the internet. Listen, I've seen homes destroyed, I've seen lives destroyed. We're not promised tomorrow. The Bible tells you that we're all appointed under man it's appointed under man wants to die and then the judgment. I felt so bad for my, my wife. She had a broken heart the other night and she found out that her, her friend, her co-worker, we were up in uh, Pigeon Forge for our anniversary uh, a couple of days and, and, and she got the word that her 18-year-old son had died in a car accident. Uh, folks, I'm here to tell you, that could come to your house. Uh, that could come to your home. Uh, it could come even to mine. Uh, but the thing is this, uh, if it comes your way, uh, you better know the man uh, that can step in uh, and hold your hand through the most difficult times of your life. Uh, I was just told last night, uh, a pastor friend of mine uh, that lives not far from here, but toward the lower part of the country, he, he, he told me this. Uh, he said, Preacher, uh, pray for us. Uh, I lost my son today. He died in his sleep at 41 years of age. Uh, that's younger than me. I'm but not but 44. Listen, we could all be facing death before today's over. We've got to be sure, and when you've got what you, what I've got inside of me, you'll want to separate yourself. You'll want to get away from the things of this world. Why? Because the things of the world will suck you in, and it'll draw you back into a place of sin that you need not be. Oh, but preacher, I'm spiritually strong and that's not gonna to happen to me. My family's strong. That's not gonna to happen to me. I don't never have never had a problem with this and I've never had a problem with that. You are setting yourself up for disaster and the devil knows it. The devil knows it. And listen, there's some things your preacher can't help you with today. There's some things I can't get you out of. Huh? I'd like to be thought of as somebody that, you know, that could, well, we can rely on Him. We can rely on Him. Listen, there's some things I cannot do. Amen. There's some things I can't do. And some messes people get in is in the making of their own. Amen. You know? If one of my children get in a mess, I don't go bail them out, and I never will. I'll give them counsel, yeah. but I'm not bailing them out. Come on. Huh? Come on. You want to know what's wrong with this world today? Spoke youngins is one of them. Can I get a witness? (laughs) Why is that? Because I know. Listen, I understand. I'm a parent myself. We want our children to have way more than what we've had. But when is way more enough? If it come to a time and a place where we could really have to just rely on God and everything for everything, (laughs) wouldn't we be a lot closer to Him today? We've been blessed. Amen. Amen. You got a place to come in and worship yeah. and worship in freedom and spirit today. Amen. A lot of places you can't do that. A lot of countries you can't do that. Amen. That's it's a luxury of living in America. Yeah. You 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 you've got uh, you know a roof over your heads, you got food on your table. Amen. You got the blessings of God. Yeah. Amen. Most of you got a DVR and a microwave, amen. Yeah. That DVR's for later if y'all didn't catch that, right. Amen. you got a touch of separation, folks. We must be separated from this world. We want people to know that we are saved, that we belong to the King. We want people to know that we're living above what this world lives. And I'm not trying to downgrade anybody. There's poor Christians. Listen, I don't have a whole lot myself today. But I'm saying this. If I've got Christ Jesus in my heart, I've got everything. I've got everything. I'm the richest man in the world. My family is royalty this morning. Amen. I belong to a king. Amen. Amen. I like to say it like this sometimes. I've wined and dined with kings and queens. I've slept in alleys and ate pork and beans. Amen. That's it. Who's the king? It's King Jesus. Amen. He's the one who got me off the pork and beans. Amen. Touch of separation. But there's a touch of strength that we can get from God Almighty. Our human strength this morning's not enough. We need God's help. Uh, uh, so the Lord Jesus touches us and says, uh, My grace is sufficient for you. Uh, I'll never leave you. And I'll never forsake you. I'll always be right there for you. Hey, thanks be unto God. Today we serve a Lord uh, whose grace is sufficient. Uh, and it never will run out. It won't run out. Why not? Listen, you got dying grace, you got saving grace, you got helping grace, you got encouraging grace, you got grace for every day and grace for every hour that'll help you through the most difficult times of your life. My friend, thank God for the touch of the strength of God today to give you the grace that you need. There is the touch of strength, amen. How do you make it? Someone told me just, my wife had seen something and she sent a picture from where we were away and a person responded back, tell the pastor that he needs to enjoy his trip and not be worrying about some of this other stuff. And of course, my wife responded back something like this. Eh, his phone ain't kept stopping ringing since it has been here. I could have turned it off, you know. And And when my wife and I were together walking or in stores or in the room or sitting down having a cup of coffee or whatever it may be I've, i i tried to ignore all that and spend time with her yeah but bless god when she got in the christmas store here in february i got out there and got on the phone amen i returned all them calls i i don't get it why you want to go in the christmas store in february i don't know i don't know and and she bought something too so that's even worse amen but uh, she knows I love her. and uh, But she knows Jesus comes first in my life. Amen. And uh, I know Jesus comes first in hers. Yeah. Amen. But listen to this, number five, and I'm going somewhere, I promise you. I see the touch of supreme satisfaction. Hey. Yeah. Christians are never completely satisfied here. And I want you to understand what I'm saying. David said, I shall be satisfied. Yeah. When will you be satisfied, David? David, he says this, When I awake. (laughs) Why will you be satisfied then, David? And he replies this, he said, I shall behold his face. That is our supreme satisfaction. Now, He's going to provide for us. He's going to bless us and He's going to help us. But you're not going to be completely satisfied until you wake up in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And my friend, when we wake up over there, we'll know that we've arrived. Some of you have got friends and family on that other side. That's going to be a, a supreme satisfaction of seeing them once again. Getting and bowed down at the feet of the Creator. A bowing down at the Savior's feet. That right there will show to you and prove to you and give you that sense inside. That is a touch of supreme satisfaction. I'd rather be there than hell. By a long ways. They were doing an interview the other day on television that i seen. And they were interviewing Dr. Ben Carson. I believe he's a good man. I really do. I believe Ben Carson's a good man. He's messed up in his theology though. They began to ask him. They said, they talked about heaven. He said, yeah, I believe in heaven. He said, well, what do you say to your people that... uh, uh, that, believe in hell. And I didn't know where she was going. She said, do you believe in a literal burning hell, the judgment of hell upon those people that do not believe? And he said these words. And I lost a lot of respect at this point. He said, I do not believe that our God would send somebody to a place called hell. Uh. He said, I believe that's just fiction and made up. He said... I don't, and she said, so you don't believe in hell? She, he said, I do not believe in a literal burning hell that's going to torment people forever and ever. And they said, well, what do you believe? He said, I just believe it's over. He needs to get saved. Hello? <laughs> he said, I just believe it's over. Now that's not words verbatim, that's paraphrasing, but that's what he said. That, 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 that concerned me. Because what message does that send to the world? Yeah. Amen. We've got to know the truth, church. On. Just one... Little touch. Did I ever tell you that little things mean a lot? One kiss on the cheek when you leave your house in the morning time means a lot. Little things. One little touch of the hand of Jesus on the coffin of the widow of Nain's son going down the road made a difference. How did it make a difference? He got up. Why do you bother the Master? Josh sung it. I loved it. I wish he was here to sing it today. Why do you bother the Master? He said, because I know that He causes dead things to rise. (laughs) That's enough to bother the Master. Amen. Little things mean a lot. My wife and I spent over two and a half hours in the Titanic Museum there in Pigeon Forge on Friday. And it's amazing. I'm sort of a history buff. Maybe not as much as Brother Joe. Brother Joe loves history, and and I I love history. And and, and we walked through there, and we read every plaque on the wall, and and listened to all of the sounds, and and stuck our hand in 28 degree water, put our hands upon the iceberg there that was so cold that they, you know, it was, you know, they were all laying it out there how the Titanic sank and so forth. It left its journey on April the 10th from Belfast. And they came, and they were headed to New York. Just to prove to you that little things mean a lot. The greatest largest fastest ship at that time to ever be built. 1912. The waters were cold, and but they left that day sailing toward New York Harbor. And on April the 15th, 1912, at 2.20 a.m., the Titanic was completely under the water of the frigid Atlantic. It started to sink 11.40 p.m., on April the 14th, it sinks in the Atlantic Ocean about 400 miles south of Newfoundland, Canada. Out of about 2,200 passengers, 1,503 survived. They were told no less than 12 times change your course. Change your course. But this was the super ship. The ship's owner and designer and builder said, even God cannot sink this ship. Uh-huh. Now, I don't know of many people in the history of time that have shook their finger in the face of God and lived to tell about it. Amen. He said, even God could not sink this ship. They had a timeline and they were going to go south to avoid uh, the ice that were reported being in the waters. And if they would have had ten little seconds left, they could have avoided that iceberg. But it was too late. If they would have even hit the iceberg head on, the ship would have survived. But they tried to turn the ship, it scaved down the size, opening up like a tin can. And it began to take on water. Little things mean a lot. The Listen, the two men that were in the crow's nest that were looking on the dark, cloudy sea, fog was thick. They could not see the iceberg. There were only one pair of binoculars on the ship. And the first officer was so... Selfish, he had to have them in his room with him while he slept. For the price of one pair of binoculars, 1,503 people perished at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. 28 degree water, 32 degree temperature in the air. The cost of one pair of binoculars... Little things mean a lot. Amen. They're supposed to keep a, a log on the ship. They kept a the log on the temperatures of the water, and what they would actually do, they would drop a thermometer down into the sea and they would check the, they would drop it down on a rope and, and, and it would calculate the temperature, they would pull it back up and they would log it and keep an eye on it to make sure that they were running in safe waters to where if they did get into some colder waters, they would know that trouble could be ahead. The man that was in charge of lowering the rope and taking and logging the temperature had never been on a boat this large. His rope would not reach the water. For the cost of a small piece of rope 1,503 people perished in the depth of the Atlantic Ocean. There was no flares, no red flares on the boat. They had white flares, which could have meant anything. And they were shooting up these white flares and... There was a ship that was pretty close by. The USS California was there. Could have possibly got over there and saved more people. But when they seen the white flares go up, they thought that they could have been fireworks, could have been just somebody celebrating this, that, or the other, because it really didn't mean a whole lot of anything. But if they would have had one red flare... The cost of one red flare, 1,503 people died at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. There was a free will Baptist preacher on that boat. His name was Charles Kirkland. Charles Kirkland was trying his best to get everybody saved before the ship sank. There were other preachers on the boat, but it kind of caught my attention when I read that Charles Kirkland was part of the Free Will Baptist movement. All except for one of the preachers died on the ship. They were there as the story is told. They were there, they were telling people to pray just this little simple prayer. Lord, save me. Three little words. Little things mean a lot. One little prayer can change your situation this morning. One little touch from God can change your situation. One small prayer. Three little words. God, forgive me, can save your soul from a devil's hell. One small touch. One little prayer can change everything. Little things mean a lot. I can't stress that enough this morning. As Jesus came and touched them, Peter, James, and John, just one touched and they rose up and sing no one but Jesus. Can I say this today? When we pillow our head for the last time and death takes over and we leave out into eternity, there's only one person that you want to see when you awake. awake. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. Little things mean a lot. Yeah. I want you to stand across the building today. As Sister Dottie comes around and just plays something softly, we're going to pray... And ask the Lord to help us. You may need a touch from God today. Listen, as I said earlier, there's a lot of things I can't do. I can't do. I can't save you. I can't give you money. I can't, you know, I can encourage you. I can preach the Word of God to you. I can give you counsel. I can do some things, but I can't do a lot of things today. Some people think that you can do everything, but you can't. Sometimes I want to feel like that I can, but you can't. Little things mean a lot. You may have a need of salvation today and you just need that touch. One little touch. And if the Holy Ghost comes by you and touches you, and and touches you in a way that it convicts your heart that you need to be saved, this altar is open for you. You may be here and you may be saved and you need to have a touch from God or you may have a situation in your life that you need God to take control of one little prayer Lord help two words little things mean a lot little is much when God is in it I promise you if you'll come the Holy Ghost has moved in this place He'll be able to help you today. Father, Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your word. Thank you for this day, this time to come together. Lord, I pray, dear God, that you will help my friends today. Touch them, dear God. I pray that you would give them the desires of their heart and may they listen to you, God. Lord, as they're coming already, Lord, know this altar's open and you can touch them. You can. Lord, help them. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. Be with us and bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. As these are praying, you come. Allow the Lord to help you today. If you have a need, no matter what the need may be today. One little prayer can change your situation. One little prayer can change your circumstances. One little prayer is all it takes. One little touch from the God of heaven. He can help you. Oh, I've heard many people say, preacher, God can't help me. Have you ever tried Him? I can tell you this, I've tried Him and I've found Him to be true. Everything that He said He'd do, He's done. I'm going to trust Him today. I'm going to trust Him.